0: Hi everyone, this is Ben Wire, and welcome to Being the Work. I'm here with my good friend Blakely. Welcome Woo! back. I'm here. Yes. I'm live. Are I'm, you well?
1: Uh as as close as I seem to get during this particular season of preschool and kindergarten germ life.
0: Oh, sure, sure, yeah. hmm mm-hmm. Are your are your babies okay?
1: Let's see how the spread has gone. The babies are fine, the moms are fine. Um, the grandma is not fine. Oh, no. Yeah. I work really, I actually work really, really hard to protect my parents and my wife's parents because they are old and immunocompromised and uh-huh. diabetic and all kinds of things across that board. Yeah. But somehow that little germ slipped through.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 And now
1: I owe my mom um, a lot of 7 up and apologies.
0: I I totally get that worry. I totally get that worry.
1: No, legitimately, it, it's yeah. it's one of those things weighing on me, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: hopefully we'll just keep trucking through.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, all uh, good thoughts and good vibes coming your way. Thanks, thanks, thanks. So um, I had an idea. I, I tried it out with uh, Sarah last time we recorded, mm-hmm. and. It's a Esther Perel game that I I like. Oh yeah. And so, uh, as an intro, you want to play? You want to play? Yeah. What All you right. got? So, uh, okay. So the cards are, uh, you choose from like a few prompting cards, and then there's a context card that you have to like fit the answer into that context. Okay.
1: So. Okay. So, the. The super appropriate Cards
0: Against Humanity. The connecting. I don't know that it's super appropriate. I think it's more just a... Sure. ...prompt you to actually have meaningful conversations with people. So
1: it's Cards connecting with humanity instead of...
0: (laughs) Sure. Cards Against Humanity would be fun to do. I'll just... But... Okay. So the context card that I pulled is... Uh, you wouldn't tell your coworkers. Okay. (laughs) Something you wouldn't tell your coworkers. Okay. And let's see. Okay. So here's the cards I'm pulling. I I haven't seen these. So here's the first one. (laughs) Okay. Second one. Okay.
1: Okay. Hmm. Okay. Uh, this is interesting. Act- okay. I got it. <laughs> oh, yes. What happened.
0: Yeah. Boom. <laughs> um,
1: Lightning it strike. It's actually so on topic with what I want to talk about today because it is sort of a confessional of things that I don't tend to talk about in within the field. It's one of those things that has right. been real All disjointed right. between me personally and me professionally. And that is uh, <laughs> my feelings about like pagan-based kind of spirituality. My right. my right. My earth, witchy, native personally crafted, curated kind of spirit is not something that I talk about and that I know actually makes Ben pretty uncomfortable.
0: uh, As uncomfortable as anything else that I'm not familiar with. Right? I mean, it's like... Absolutely. (laughs) I have a story about this. That's why I say
1: uncomfortable. You're not judgy. You're not... Well, I mean, it may be that implicit judge thing. I know. That's fine.
0: (laughs) Right. Implicit. I don't know anything about this. I don't know if I can accept it. And but,
1: I, and I think tiny 5-year-old me was taught it was bad.
0: Yes, he is baked mm-hmm. in.
1: So really, my simplest answer to that question is like I I do not make it a regular practice to talk to my coworkers, my peers about um some of the 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 practices and the comforts that I find spiritually in in things that have been actively discouraged. I believe by my um A lot of my colleagues Uh We're so empirically based We are so tied to pleasing These systems of of, of empirical science Which I respect And I appreciate wholeheartedly as well Mm -hmm. And we are a a science field We're also a human field And that means spirit And that means that Whatever we believe Whatever we practice That brings us comfort, security, sustainability I think has some value And so it's Mm -hmm. something that I have talked at length in a variety of ways with clients about, I'm very, very open to a whole range of kinds of spiritual practices being a piece of health. Um, but I have not seen that reflected and I've not felt comfortable enough to discuss it openly with a lot of my peers. Why do you think? Uh, I am not wary of being mocked necessarily I think that we all work, it's one of those facade things in our field that we work to preserve a sense of being a scientist because mm. we've gotten that soft science feedback so much that feels illegitimizing um, that the the whole focus is is lost when we hold so tightly to being rigid and book-based. Sure. That the phases of the moon, ta- I don't think it harms us to take those into consideration. hmm um but i mean i've been in mm. workspaces where there's just open mockery of yeah. astrology and witchery and um i don't know dancing naked under the stars
0: so those are some examples i'm assuming that you're you're talking about that are uh s- like spiritual practices that ground you that help you feel whole in some way
1: things that i have always found there's just a natural draw and connection for me. And why should Mm -hmm. I suppress those just because there's this other thing too? Like I have found a way that I have both. And that's actually what I'm working at in some of the self-care commitments that I have made of being authentic about that.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, when you just said phases of the moon, I felt the five-year-old me in my stomach go. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah and watching that and and like feeling it happen i'm like oh yeah all right i i get this implicit thing of cuz right before that i was thinking yeah in professional life like i never share about my my spirituality either uh i've shared more on the podcast than i i think i ever have and i was thinking In terms of, like, people, there's this disconnection, separation of church and state kind of ideals, Mm -hmm. uh, professionalism kind of ideals, and no one wanting—I mean, it's sort of like that, like, the general rule at holidays that you don't talk about religion and politics with family, but it always ends up happening anyway. Sure. Where, to me, it never really happened at work. Mm. And— I did always feel like there was this sense of weird formality at work yeah. that I think is the one of the big reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was we don't – in, in uh, one of the episodes, you say uh, something like we can hold each other's hands but not look each other in the face. Mm-hmm. And – yeah, I just—I mean, well, when we pick and choose,
1: this is part of that process. We're picking and choosing this set package of what what is okay and what's not of everything from what we wear to what we say to what we believe, and it's discouraging to me that—and some of this is exact—is where we're placed geographically. But if you do, you know, a search for a, a therapist in this area there is a whole subset of Christian counselors and Christian therapists, which is fully legitimized and supported and considered, I don't know, considered legitimate. But if I put down some of the things that would or could spiritually infuse my work so directly, I feel like I'd be run out of the profession sometimes. And To me, all of it's valid if that's what's healing. And so I used to have this, leave it all out. Why is there even that version? You don't get to prescribe, because that is the one thing that I'll stay. is that part of holding that back is that I'm not prescribing that to anybody else. But I spent a chunk of time working with people around 20 years old in the brand new adult season of life. And suddenly it was valuable (laughs) for me with a lot of these young queer people to know a few different kinds of crystals and to know when they come into an appointment that what their horoscope says today matters to them. And I can't just cross that off the list and pretend it doesn't exist and treat it like it's ridiculous because they're young and that's just something that blah, blah, blah. It influences them and it matters to them. And it's going to continue to drive them. And if I brush it aside, then I'm doing them a disservice. So I was already open. And they helped me reopen things I needed to for myself. And I think that's just this another is, one of beautiful things about the process. Uh,
0: super, super interesting. Okay. So like uh why don't you jump to your question? Cause I've got answers.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And this, I mean, it brings me straight to my question. Jump anyway, to your
0: question. Because I'm not gonna play my my card. <laughs> so let's just keep going. This is too good.
1: Well, and it brings because it brings me. As we've been talking about what self-care really means, being, doing, the work that we have to do, I've made commitments to myself. And I was trying to write them out when we were prepping for talking and doing episodes and really being active with this piece of it again. And the word that starts each of these bullet points is reconnect, reconnect, reconnect. Mm. And I was thinking about what that word meant to me. It's reconnect to your body, reconnect to your spirit. Reconnect to the people who actually support you and see you and know you. And that took me to this next thing. As I look myself fully in the mirror, or if I set my phone down on a table, I have literally surrounded myself with symbols to remind myself of the cycle of life. I have the Wheel of Fortune tarot card as my, like, in my uh, phone case. I have a mandala tattoo. I have an hourglass tattoo. I have considered an auroboros, but I can't say tattoo, which is just all they're all symbols of this constantly turning cycle of life. Yeah. The fact that we expand and contract and return and turn over, lightness needs darkness, goodness needs badness, suffering needs joy, like how all of that is interconnected. And the repetitive, And the reconnecting and the going backwards in order to go forwards brought me to the word of ritual. The things I need to do are to repeat processes because it doesn't really make sense to me unless I sit with it. I have to repeat things in order to progress. And that's not something that's comfortable for me. I think I said it just a minute ago. As soon as I start to get used to something, I sort of toss it out and go on to the next thing. I'm very novelty-based. Right. attention-limited person. And so to realize that what I need the most is to do some re-anything
0: is hard. Re-anything? <laughs> to return, to reiterate, <laughs> to...
1: <laughs> to respond, to... Re- do it again. I'm sorry. And sorry. again. I'm sorry to everyone who is still waiting on a text or email response from me <laughs> many, many years later. <laughs> I opened it before I was ready to respond, and now it's gone. Um,
0: So what's your question?
1: So the word ritual popped up because I'm realizing that it's everywhere. I thought I had to go backwards, but I'm already doing it. The ritual of routine, the ritual of preparing a meal, Mm. the ritual of... Preparing for bed, the ritual of going through my particular hygiene, skin care, or hair mm-hmm. care process. I have big, long, curly, annoying hair that I regret daily, <laughs> and all of those are actually part of literally how I'm taking care of myself. And so, in a in a full top to bottom way, I'm thinking about what ritual means for my spirit, for my hair, for my children, for my home. The things that we go through that are, let me look at this definition, because when I looked at like, what does that word really mean? Because it keeps ringing in my head and that's why I stuck to it. So a solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order. And to further break it down, I was, there were, um, there were some articles about different types of rituals and philosophies and different religions and how they look at the concepts of rituals and what some of the different rituals are about. You know, I mean, there's ancient Mayan ritual sacrifice mm-hmm. in order to fulfill the the need of the right. gods for us to be able to eat and have rain mm-hmm. and harvest and fertility and humanity is mm-hmm. in the ritualing and connection is in the ritualing and I don't think I've asked a question yet, but I just wonder. Do you, do you feel like this theme resonates as much with you as it does with me, that self-care and ritual are closely connected? How do you see those coming together as you walk through this process in your own way?
0: I have a lot of thoughts on that. So I think that the typical uh, commercial self-care message is missing a spiritual message. Um, Yeah,
1: it's... Right? It's it's always about the what. It's going through the motions.
0: Right. What you were saying with ritual, like the definition of ritual that you just read, is that middle part, the series of actions. That series of actions Mm -hmm. is what we're prescribed with this commercial self-care, and even like the ethical mandate of self-care. That's what we're given mm-hmm. without the humanity before it, without the the unknown, unseen connectiveness of human relationships and, and human spirit.
1: It feels so much like, well, it feels like sitting in front of a client who has been told to or who has had to or has chosen to rely only right. on medication to manage chronic depression, right? And it hasn't worked because the, the chemicals may be in line, but the spirits and the practices aren't there.
0: My first thought goes to an author of a book that I I really like. It's called The Power of Ritual by Casper Turkile and he mm-hmm. and his friend I think Vanessa I can't remember her last name, but they do Harry Potter and the Sacred Text podcast, oh, and yes, it reminds me of of some of the undergrad times of my life where I was doing sacred text readings. And, and so they mm-hmm. bring a, they bring sacred text reading techniques to Harry Potter and they, they bring out meaning and purpose and uh, connection and ethics. And so it's just like this big profound conversation around like sort of reclaiming something spiritual that I think is something for the definition that you read, the la- the very last part, something about written order or something like that.
1: I think it's a, let me see, performed according to a prescribed order.
0: Performed according to a prescribed order, which I feel like the first thing that comes to my mind is religion what Casper is doing in this book is, he says it right off the bat. Like this is about reclaiming what is spiritual and what is meaningful about the human experience away from these prescribed orders that were just given that we can find meaning anywhere. And he, I mean, it really resonates with me because Mm -hmm. in self-care, and really, if I'm actually nurturing myself, I'm doing things on purpose with intention that are meaningful to me, that resonate with me, um, but are also challenging to me because mm-hmm. I can't trust myself fully because I'm I'm just full of urges. I would oh, much rather doom scroll. Instagram. I would much rather just play a video game. Ooh, a piece of cake? Yes, please. Ooh, comfort on the couch? Yeah. Give me a blanket. Put on my favorite TV show. I'd rather just sit here, veg out, and laugh at a silly comedy. I think I've just grown in my experience with knowing that when when I am in the midst. Of someone's pain in therapy, and I am there to do something to help. I in instinctively and inherently know that anything I prescribe is not going to be magically helpful, but it is me being present with them and attuning to them and us having a resonant experience, building trust, finding truth, and then giving something that could be helpful upon Mm -hmm. that foundation. And so, oftentimes, that is not what we get from self-care books, self-help books, which really, let's just call it self-help, right? Because... Like, we're just going to go to Barnes & Noble back in the 2000s, late 90s, and go straight to the self-help section, grab a book off the shelf, and go, oh, all I need to do is a thought log? Okay. Yeah, all I need to do is get some omega-3s? Sweet. Like, oh, sunlight. and Okay, there we go. When I think of the word ritual— And I stop myself to think, what does this actually mean? Particularly in terms of self-care. When I stop myself, my mind expands. Mm -hmm. I feel like time sort of slows down. My perception of Mm -hmm. space opens up even more. And I'm more connected to my space around me, which is... To me, telling. It's telling me something just in that experience where I've connected that experience Mm -hmm. a a bit to I'm not objectifying my reality. Where I'm having to control and manipulate and explain and categorize and codify and use this to do that. And like it's more connected. It's more like i i raise it up and so i guess just with that the word ritual is in the word spiritual right
1: oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah it's right there
0: it's spiritual right and i so so i guess the 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 huh. the like little stepping stones that i'm going on here is Ritual with self-care really feels to me like spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to steal this from Casper in Power of Ritual. But he says, he brings up this idea that spiritual is really the stuff we can't see. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right? Like, I've had connecting experiences with people that feel otherworldly. It feels transcendent. It feels Mm -hmm. connecting. And I've also had that in my mindfulness practice this year. Like, over the summer, my father-in-law almost died several times. I I can't even count. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's kind of hitting me right now. It's kind of hard to talk about, but... It's all right. Like, he... I don't know that I want to go into all of it, but he fell. I had to respond. It was terrifying and traumatizing police or ambulance, all this. They came in. We spent this last summer, we spent two months in the hospital yeah. without answers and with very complicated, ambiguous stuff that we had to make really very scary existential choices around Mm -hmm. and on a very short timeline. Like you have to, you just learned about this. Now you have to figure this out. Now you have to make a choice now. And he might be dead tomorrow. Like, and it's like, it was terrifying. So I knew, I knew I wasn't in the right mind. And I, had been putting off and putting off using the waking up app. I knew I liked it. That's so good. I knew I, I knew it was one of the best ones I've seen and and experienced. And I knew I needed to return to myself. Mm -hmm. I need, I knew I needed to slow down and all of the things I thought were important weren't. There's two things there, like the threat of losing a person that I love brought me back to myself. I I committed every day, I'm just going to, it was like on a walk with my dogs, I take them on two walks a day, (laughs) I'm going to be outside already, stop listening to all those podcasts, do these meditation techniques. And there were so many times where I was like, this is bullshit. I don't like this. I don't want to be doing this. And I'm doing it anyway.
1: Well, and you're adding a ritual to a ritual.
0: Well, I'm I'm adding a ritual to a routine and reclaiming it as a ritual.
1: Fair. Right. Because, uh, like, because half of my— This is a routine. I mean a big chunk of my realization here is that ritual is already existing in so many of the things that we take for granted in the mundane in the simple in the just daily practices of life.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. And I think that that's something that I I think you're getting at something that I like came into just the presence of when doing these meditations mm-hmm. was one there was there's a a lot of effort that I had to put in to get to this place because I was desperate, but, and and I don't want to make it sound like, I don't want to make it sound like meditation is just a ton of effort, but I had to overcome myself because. Meditation is a ton of effort. I had, I had to slow down. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of things I had to come to an acceptance of. And not continually, like, claw for answers on. Uh, Because death is not something that you can control.
1: (laughs) So for you, the pull toward ritual happens, especially when you are robbed of certainty?
0: Ooh, God. Yeah, and I think the opposite's true as well.
1: The illusion of certainty pulls you away from ritual?
0: Yes, when I'm scared, I want certainty, I want assurance, and it pulls me away from my relationship with myself, Yeah, and it pulls me away from the, my relationship with others. It makes me put really thin, unprofound, non-meaningful things in front of the just bigger things of life, the mm-hmm. more important things of life. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And what was amazing was, I think, like, a month, really, like, two weeks in, I noticed a big change. A month in, I noticed a, a, a even more significant change of, like, my mind was just slower. Peace was more accessible.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I was having flashbacks and intrusive thoughts of his fall. Mm-hmm. almost every day, it, just the whole physical experience of that, you know, I was able to see it happening and I did, still felt it and it was still distressing, but I could hold peace in tension with that experience. Mm-hmm. It wasn't good. It, like, I'm not saying it was a good experience, but I did feel like I had, self-efficacy, where I wasn't being drowned, where, at, where if this would have happened without that meditation and without that ritual, without the commitment to myself, man, I would have drowned. Like I just even within the last couple of years, like I've been in deep depressions yeah. and burnout and just like, on on verge of tears and very little motivation, you know, particularly 2020. Do right? you
1: feel like, like oh. do you feel like that process, the way you chose to handle the situation this time, do you feel like that's a good example of when you've been able to use the, to use the thing that we say about going toward, toward the flames, going into the burning building? Yeah. But you're already trapped in it. You were aware that you were trapped inside the burning building.
0: Like my own pain.
1: Absolutely. It was your Mm -hmm. mind. And so you're just already there. We talk about going into the the blazing minds of other people. But when it's your own, you can't get out. No way out but through. Right. What do you choose to do? And you chose this time to go toward yourself. Right. And you had a different experience because of it.
0: Absolutely. Well and I I do think that it was it was so it like if I think of like the actual ritual itself like the actual steps um I would really orient myself to my sp- the my lived experience of my space so meaning like I would look at the sky and I'd look and I'd wait to I'd look at it until I felt a wide open space in my mind. Then I would go back and connect to my body, and I would connect to sound and my feet hitting the pavement as I walked. Then from there, I felt a a sense of just quiet and peace. And that didn't happen all the time, but, you know, three months in, I mean, I was able to very quickly access that when I was stressed out. And what's interesting now, and, and I think what you were sort of getting at earlier, was as certainty or the illusion of certainty arose in our lives as you know, my father in law got back home. He was relatively healthy. There was relatively little threat going on. Um, this whole time, we're, you know, living with them, not in our home. And I started feeling a lot better, um, I would, like less flashbacks and less intrusive thoughts. And uh, so the ritual, then faded, like I stopped being so committed to it. Mm-hmm. Almost as if something happened where I'm like, I reached the, I, I started to plateau. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was I was getting as much out of it. Um and maintenance phase. <laughs> yeah, maintenance. Yeah, and relapse. Right. I, sure. I I started to relapse and and go back to not using it. With that. It was, now it's It's sort of like I still, there are times where I don't actually do the meditation, but I will do some, like, I won't, meaning I won't put the app on, mm-hmm. and I won't do the whole duration. I'll do, I'll just take my headphones out and not listen to a podcast.
1: But isn't that similar to not using navigation once you've figured out the route you're going to take?
0: No, because, I mean, so... I think it it matters about intention. Mm-hmm. Right? Where if I intend to practice this and I put my attention doing things to on it, purpose. Yeah. That's the problem, right? Like the the container of the app keeps me focused. But when I only just merely take out my headphones, it doesn't magically make me intend and put my attention on calm your mind, wide open space, connect to your experience just here, just now. Because I get lost in my thoughts Mm -hmm. so easily that I forget, oh, that's happening. Begin again. And that, that lesson of begin again was incredibly Meaningful to me because I noticed how mean I am to myself. Mm -hmm. Like, like you son of a bitch. What are you doing? You (laughs) fruit, you screwed it up again. And I, and for me to go, whoa, uh, stop it. Yeah. And I, I mean, just.
1: Nobody talks to you that way. You don't talk to anybody else that way. Why does this exist here?
0: Right? Right. Yeah. I was just able to loosen that. And really settle into, whoa, just begin again. This is not something that you can control. It's going to happen. Yep. My thoughts are going to go crazy. They're just, they're, I've tried for so many years to control them. They're just not, that's just not happening. So I'm just going to try to accept it. Yeah, and be with it. Yeah, and, and I realize <laughs> that's going to take effort. It's not ever going to just be fixed. Unfortunately. Well, because I
1: wonder, you know, you've used that, you've used that word connect and reconnect a few times in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And it just leaves me wondering if we've stumbled onto, not the, I don't think there is the connecting point, Mm -hmm. but a pretty important connecting point between the doing and the being. Mm -hmm. Is it in the ritual, in the purposeful practice of connecting? Things because I, the way that you're talking about the dots that were connected for you, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about where I'm at in asking this question. Because as you're kind of stepping back from a formalized practice of ritual, I have recently stepped back into a formalized, um, ritual, like a yoga practice, yeah. which I decided to reconnect to because mm-hmm. a past experience of, of, having a yoga practice be a huge part of a healing process for me years ago.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And in my commitments, like I said, reconnect with my body, reconnect with my spirit, mm-hmm. reconnect with things that authentically support me. Right. And yoga is one of the things that does all of those. And the, the chain reaction of committing to one thing, that's what makes me wonder about this as one of those big factors of what self-care really is because I started this yoga practice while simultaneously deciding to reconnect with some of my, um, my oldest dearest friends that I have, I've been very isolated for a while in my burnout and in my process and in my career and stuff. And so that's part of my branching out process. And so I've had this experience lately that I'm reconnecting with a re- with a really old friend who sees me, gets me, understands me. We've known each other since we were kids Mm-hmm. And he he sent me... Um, he asked mm. me what I need. Mm. And I am working at this authentic, authenticity. And I give him the authentic answer. I need to be patient with myself. And mm. therefore, to be able to have patience around me. Um, I need some focus and clarity and... Or what I'm working at And he sent yeah. me <laughs> He sent me two bags of tea mm. And all of this This question came to me As I had opened this package Yeah And pulled out and smelled these packages Full of beautiful herbs Yeah cur- I mean, That he chose just for me Knowing me And I'm getting my kettle And I'm getting my favorite mug And it all comes together for me that the simple ritual of making one cup of tea is bringing together all of the things that I have committed myself to do for me, for my family, for my clients, for Mm -hmm. my world. I need to be a certain version of me that I appreciate and therefore extend to the Mm. world. And this one cup of tea. Yeah is connected to all of that at the same time. <laughs> and I think it's beautiful and also I, really stereotypical. No, <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: no, no. Stop that. Um, no, like, I know. But I mean, get out get out, get out, get out, get I out, get out, get out, get out. I am,
1: but it's no, still a funny No, get out,
0: thing. get out. I'm not even laughing because... You don't have to, but it's still funny. <laughs> it's I won't like, let it go. It's still shut funny. Shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Like... Seriously, because you were honoring something, yes, so beautiful, yes. and reorienting and reconnecting a friend from a long time ago with whom you have had authentic, wonderful experiences, who honored your the memory of you and mm-hmm. knew what might reconnect you to yourself. I spent so many years being what I, I literally would
1: say the mantra before I went to work every day, give me what I need to be, who I need to be today, which is tragic. And also (laughs) it was curating the patience and the focus, like the things that I really do appreciate about how I am in my practice. And, but I did so much of that, that I lost plenty of things that are authentic and not necessarily therapeutically magical about me. And I want all of it.
0: There's a sense of compassion in that. Be let like, give me what I need to be who I need to be. That's it, feels like a generous thing for the people you're going to serve, Mm -hmm. but also a defensive thing for the people that might be frustrating your goal or getting in the way of serving the people you want to serve.
1: Or might also just be flat out fucking scary, Ben. We did hard work. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) right. It was
1: absolutely 100% both. It is protect me, make me a conduit, make me be here. Make me be
0: here. Make me be something I am not right now. Mm -hmm. And give me what I need to have to give to others, mm-hmm. but there's no what's what's absent for me that I'm noticing is there's no loving kindness for you. Yes, accurate, right? And that's why I told you to shut the fuck up because there was so much loving kindness. Yes, in all of that, where and it's not about yoga, it's not about tea, it's not about any of that stuff. It's about what all of that represents. Yes, it's the unknown, unseen, meaningful, purposeful things that that like the experience that I'm going to call spiritual. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? So like the the practices and the objects that you were using from putting on your <laughs> yoga pants to getting your mat to going to class to holding the poses to doing the breath, all of that is just representative of you reconnecting mm-hmm. to that unknown, that unseen, that uncontrollable thing that is relationship and spirit. And mind, body, spirit. The same thing with the tea it is opening the box mm-hmm. and smelling that smell and all of the memory and emotion and relationship that. Gets brought back up. There's nothing in all of that, in all of the self care bullshit, exactly that says that even touches that spiritual human connection piece. And that's exactly what I want. That like I cannot survive on that alone. Like. To tell me to eat spinach or kale, tell me to take a fucking like bubble bath, tell me to go get a massage. Like th- that is not going to help me when when you will only give me a list of things to do or hold my hand and walk me someplace, but you won't look me in the eye yep. and you won't connect. And I and I'm saying this too. Like I I I have done that to people, completely. Right. I have walked them to the door of self care and said, "Here, take care of yourself." And then I have also been I've walked literally to the given door. Them the paper
1: list of things to do.
0: Objectified. I feel like an object. I feel like a problem that you're just solving, and it's not solving anything. Oh my god.
1: I had a client for a very long time who loved saying the. Um, a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. He liked the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to take a drink out of a fire hydrant too. That's yeah. how he would describe, like his feelings and his right. experiences a lot. Mm-hmm. And it resonated with me in these exact ways that we're
0: talking about. Right. Where I think, I that's why I, I, I think that it's somewhat impossible to convey that on in a, I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I feel like, like I feel it right now. Like I'm feeling reconnected to myself. I'm feeling connected to you. I'm feeling connected to my space. And that in itself is, it makes my body feel more energized. Absolutely.
1: I mean, after I made that, after I realized that. Yeah. It reverberates. It just continues. Like right, every connection right. that I realize connects to another one because it makes me connect differently mm-hmm. to my children because I'm connecting differently to myself right. and sharing this with you. Right. I'm connecting with you. It's and yeah. shout out to Chris, who sent me the yeah. tea, because he's yeah. amazing. And he's one of my oldest and dearest friends <laughs> who does not work <laughs> like, in the field, which I highly recommend having a few of,
0: yeah. Uh, and. <laughs> like the 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 meditation stuff like it takes me a long time to get to this space and feeling connected to the world when i'm doing it on my own but here it's it's taken it's taken only oh wow what a half hour of conversation for me to get to feel connected to you
1: Mm -hmm. well yeah i mean it just keeps growing exponentially and it's such an interesting paradox for it to be to connect to one another through this conduit right. of connecting mm-hmm. through myself first. I have to get through my mm-hmm. mind body spirit and right. then outward it's a an outward process mm-hmm. to be able to even share mm-hmm. it and f- because first, I have to understand yeah. it in me, and it just feels really good.
0: There's something here that um my experience right now is it feels spiritual it feels emotional emotionally connective and that is all hard to categorize and quantify yeah i i, I guess i'm i'm i find myself feeling a little worried if we should Take a pause and and think about the opposite end of this, where, where this isn't resonating, where, you know, I guess I'm concerned that this might sound like all woo-woo" and like woo, spiritual stuff, all this all we need to do is connect with one another for self-care. I don't want this to be misunderstood as that.
1: I don't really see how, because if you can't draw out the going through the motions of something that you choose to do for yourself, especially on a daily or regular or repetitive basis, and sucking the point out of it, yeah, well, why are you doing anything? Everything we do is for some purpose of connection.
0: Yeah. Maybe so. I think I'm scared that it might come across as woo-woo because I'm scared of disconnection. I'm. I, I want this. I want this conversation to be resonant with other people. I want people to feel the connection and feel understood and uh, not feel alone. Um, I mean, that's.
1: It's really hard for me to get my head around because there's. I mean, once I start thinking about it, there's ritual in my. There was ritual in my commute to work. There's I ritual think the in- way
0: that I'm conceptualizing ritual is that <clears throat> anything can be a ritual, but not everything is that the 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 pieces of intention, yes. and well, and that's why I appreciate that you brought that part up, yeah, that that purposeful interaction. You said you were
1: using a ritual to reclaim a ritual
0: to reclaim a routine. The routine of mm-hmm. so the routine was walking my dogs. Yes, but you use the meditation. That's not a ritual. Why not? Because I am I'm walking my dogs to get my dogs to poop. Sure. And get my dogs to not be crazy. Ah, uh, but see this is what I'm talking about. To me that's not a ritual because like it's a routine. Like, it's a part of my day every single day, right? And it, without it, I probably would not be as uh, good. Like, it's good for me to move my body. It's good for me to be outside. It's good for me to connect with my dogs. And it's not really—it's sort of a connection, but it really is familiarity breeds infamiliarity. You know what I'm saying? Like. Okay like if i'm not attending to it if i'm not intentional about it i can easily get disconnected from it mm-hmm. and that's what i think makes it a routine and so while i was practicing meditation mm-hmm. i was not distracting myself when i was distracted i was recentering myself on purpose sure. then i realized that being outside like it was sort of like this like i took off sunglasses and saw things clearly mm-hmm. Like, wow, this is a huge opportunity. Every time I'm walking, I'm, I'm outside for a good hour every day, not taking advantage of it. There's such a wonderful opportunity to gain peace in the mundane. Yes. And that's where I'm saying, like, I was reclaiming, I was using this ritual to re- reclaim a routine that wasn't special to me and that's where I think anything can be a self-care practice but not everything is right
1: because and that that's why I like that reclaiming word because it's easy for me to see how it's so funny that you don't experience that as a ritual when I see it so easily as a ritual in your life because you're talking about like the time of day and you go through the the same motions. And we're talking about being in motion outside. You are in some way sort of connected to your body. You're connected with your babies. Like This is a whole mm-hmm. thing. You directly yeah. said it's for the sake of, you know, their energy and their bodily health and their process. They need it as a yeah. ritual. It right. is a part of the day that you are connected with them continually right. without being connected to anything right. else right like right. what is missing it's only not yeah. a ritual because you insist it's not <laughs> why
0: no 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 it's not because i insist it's not it's because of a actual thing of mindlessness yeah, yeah. right yes. like how often <laughs> how often do i like i eat meals every day hell yeah i do <laughs> right yes. But how often am I actually intentionally connected to this is nourishing my body? Well,
1: and that's where the part that I'm like, okay, a little woo-woo. I don't have to be so, like, I galaxy brain about making a cup of tea every single time.
0: Right, and that's but not not the But appreciating
1: a moment that this is something that I— Exactly.
0: Like— So go back to the word appreciate. Appreciate. What is the actual lived experience of appreciate? You slow down. You notice, you intentionally engage, you're not mindless, you're mindful.
1: So it's a ritual sometimes and it's not other times?
0: That's what I'm saying. Uh,
1: Because I think there's some comfort in well, what you were saying about stepping back from a more formalized routine into a more maintenance relapse zone. There's comfort in Mm -hmm. having those to tap into. Like I'm still doing them.
0: Yeah. And there's-
1: I don't need 100% ritual all the time. I will drown in ritual. Um,
0: That's a lot. Yes.
1: And so... Yes.
0: This is interesting because I would tell you I am pulling back from ritual, but I still have my routine where I will go on a walk. I will notice the sky. I will notice the trees. I will notice the temperature and the sounds and my feet on the ground. But I rarely... I'm using it as intentionally slowing down. intentional. like, so that's where I, I would say the ritual is built upon the routine. Yeah. The foundation is the routine. And to make it more special and fulfilling and meaningful and purposeful, that's the r- ritual. So there's gotta for me, there's gotta be that extra layer, and that's how I'm conceptualizing ritual. Um, I don't need it all the time. I don't think I need it all the time, but I do think that the routine is necessary because we are so fucking forgetful. Yes. Well, that's why the re, the reconnect,
1: the re- <laughs> like, re-explore, the, the reclaim. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Let's go backwards yeah. and remember, when did I last feel like my mind and body and spirit were mm-hmm. all in the same place at the same time? Right. In the yoga studio. Right. Guess I'll go there and see if they're still there.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, the uh old really good friend. Someone who's seen me cry like a baby. There are like five people on the planet, so inherently knows something that will like a tea preference that will like make my spirit sing? Like that's transcendent. Yeah. That's so special. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? What would you say to people? out there like how how do we wrap this up how do we wrap this up what would you what would you say we've learned learned here that's what I've, I've been thinking about that
1: and as we're talking what's coming to me is because i think that we make in being so prescriptive we actually make self-care really complicated when it doesn't have to be it's doing the yeah the simple but not easy mm-hmm. things on purpose Mm. looking at the things that you're going through the motions and you have totally taken for granted or lost the point in the whole process. I make coffee for myself every day because I need that shit. But I pick the mug that I need for that day. (laughs) I pick the, the blend of coffee I need for that day. I pick the cream or flavor I need for that day. My one cup of coffee today can be a ritual. If I need it to be today, Mm -hmm. I believe that we need these processes to reconnect Mm -hmm. And so, what are what? Mm-hmm. Where in your routines are you missing the potential for ritual?
0: I, I totally agree with you. I think, I think we got to get real with ourselves mm-hmm. about what's getting in the way of reconnecting to ourselves, yep. to the people around us, to our physical spaces, to all of that unknown, like coolness, the the meaningfulness, the purposefulness, <laughs> the sexy like stuff. like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like that makes self-care actually nurturing. Caring? Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> right. It's actually caring. There were times where I was I was practicing those things, the self-care stuff, the actual task and complaining to myself, I don't want to be doing this. And another part of me going, "No, you will do this." Cuz later in in a couple weeks, you have no idea what terrible shit's going to come. So invest now. And in that moment, me going, yes, okay, I will invest was not another task to do. It was a, oh, you're right. Oh shit. You're right. You didn't
1: have a self-care insurance policy to cash in when
0: you really desperately needed one. <laughs> right, because <laughs> even if I did, insurance is super reliable, and I can a trust existing it. Do right?
1: yeah. you have a prior authorization? <laughs> exactly. Have you met your out of pocket max?
0: Uh, yeah, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't. We didn't uh, approve this uh, breakdown. So, yeah, no. I, I think we need to get real with ourselves
1: because well, I believe a lot of it's already here. If we just
0: make the reach, I agree with make you. Make the reach. I agree with you yeah find the things that you're already doing that give you opportunity to connect
1: and that are worth it to you
0: yeah yeah Uh, and I hope that we're a part of that I hope that people can come back and that people come back and find this is actually like yeah we can actually hey queuing up a
1: new episode push and play I find that ritualistic with my favorite podcasts
0: for sure (laughs) For sure. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We really appreciate it. We love um, you. We love you your ears. Can. Yes. 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 Thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you have any any thoughts on all of this, we'd love to hear from you. Uh being the work at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at being the work. Yeah, be well, take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us in doing and being the work.